Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 404, and I think I'm going to call it Learning to Love Decluttering Isn't the Goal. So my little spiel at the beginning, which many of you have told me you have memorized as well, (laughs) is that I share cleaning and organizing strategies that work in real life for real people, real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. I don't, you know, I could say people who hate cleaning and organizing, but that's too strong, right? It's, it's just, we don't love it. Right. And the reason that I say this is that there are people out there who love it. And I've always, not always, since I started this deslobification process for myself, since I started really diving in and trying to figure out why is this hard for me? Why is it that I don't seem to be able to do what the organized people tell me to do and have it work that way in my home? Since working on this and figuring out, one of the main things I realized was my brain works differently from the brain of organized people. That is fine. A big part of actually making progress has been accepting the fact that my goal is not to be like them. My goal is to find out what works for me, right? So I have to figure that out for myself. Well, a lot of the people who talk about cleaning and organizing on an ongoing basis, you know, I don't know, maybe like for 404 episodes over the course of 14 years, whatever, but most of them do it because they enjoy it. Like they get jazzed by this kind of thing. They enjoy cleaning, organizing, decluttering. And I think that for people like me, I used to think that the answer to my problem would someday be learning to love it. Because the people who seem to be good at it and who shared how to do these things, they love it. So that must be the problem. I don't love it. But that's not actually the goal. That's not a helpful goal to me because it's actually not an even an attainable goal for me. You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers. No judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. So the reason that I've been thinking about this is here we are, it's the end of January. What in the world? How is it already the end of January? But we have, you know, gone through that time of year where everybody goes bananas for decluttering. It has been decluttering time. It is starting to wax and wane. I'm not sure which is which, but anyway, it is starting to kind of 
people aren't as excited about it anymore. It's a great time to sign up for one of the coaches decluttering workshops, right? To kind of like really dive in. Anyway, yeah, I talked about that at the beginning of the thing. Declutteringcoaches.com slash class if you're listening this real time. But this is the time of year where people have been talking about decluttering. And it comes up in regular random conversations all the time anyway, but it especially comes up in January. And the thing that happens when regular random people, not that I've ever been a regular random person, but you know, have conversations about decluttering over the course of, I don't know, you're hanging out with other moms at your kid's basketball game or something, and it just comes up, you know, hey, I've got to go drop off some donations, blah, blah, blah. People start talking about it, right? Usually someone will say, I love decluttering. And I think, I mean, honestly, it makes me so happy for them because I'm like, I wish I loved it. I write books about it. I talk about it every single week. I don't love it, but I'm glad for them that they love it. So I don't want you to in any way think that I am criticizing someone for loving it. But what I am saying is if you relate to the things that I talk about, Let's take learning to love this off the table. Let's take this idea when we hear the person who her house looks the way that I wish mine looked and she says, I love getting rid of stuff. I love purging things. You know, I I hear it all the time from people, you know, when they just get into a random conversation about what it is that I do. Oh, you talk about decluttering. Okay. And then they, you know, will share, oh, I love it. And I'm always like, I think the assumption is probably since they just found out that I write about this for a living that, that maybe I love it too. And I'm like, I really don't love it. And that is okay. Okay. So I know for me, all sorts of different things where I'm like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to, I, you know, I need to be different in this way. I need to be different in that way. And my goal was always to learn to love it because the people who are highly successful in it enough that they are out there being the one that you want to be, right, are generally the ones who love it, whether it's running, whether it's gardening, whether it's whatever it is that that just gets them jazzed that you're like, I kind of need to do something. Like I'm completely overwhelmed over here where I am. And her house is where I wish I was, you know, her, her situation is, is how I wish I was and looked and, and had a home and that functioned that way and all that kind of stuff. And that distance between the two is so overwhelming that all you can kind of see is that her house is perfect and she loves decluttering. Okay. Loving decluttering. That should be, anyway, my point is that's not the goal. And the reason I think that this is important to talk about is that learning to love it is not a strategy. I have a hard time when people talk just about, 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 like encouraging and, you know, just do it and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, great, but what exactly do I do? Right? Like, don't tell me I can do it, but I still don't know what to do. Right. Like that, that to me is actually the opposite of encouraging because it just frustrates me more. So learning to love it is not a strategy. A strategy is starting with trash so that you can get moving no matter how overwhelmed you are. It's moving on to the easy stuff, taking out the things that have established homes elsewhere in the house, but for whatever reason, they're not there and go ahead and take it there. Now, all those things are strategies. They don't require any 
feelings or even any gumption. No gumptioning up is necessary for me to do those things. It is literally, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to put it in the trash bag. And I know there are some of you who are struggling to a point where it feels like it takes gumption to even do that. But the happy, excited feelings don't have to be there. Progress can be made without loving decluttering, without ever getting there. Okay. You know, a lot of times when people, these conversations come up, you know, it might be like, oh, I just wish I could get in there and do something. Uh, You know, I wish I could get into that person's closet or space or whatever. And I would get rid of all that stuff. And I'm like, well, I could actually do that in your closet too, because I wouldn't have any emotional attachments to that. Right. And so that we take that out of the equation too. We go, it's not just because she loves decluttering so much and because, you know, blah, 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 that she wants to get in there and do that. We could all declutter other people's stuff so much easier, right? Anyway, I don't know why I was feeling the need to say that, but I did. Okay. (laughs) So learning to love it isn't a strategy. Learning to love it isn't a goal. I mean, like that, that's the point of this podcast. That is not the goal. Take that off the table and go, I can make progress in my house. I can make my house better. I can function better in my house. I can free it up for my family to do the things that we want to do, do the things that we need to do. And if I don't ever love doing it, it's still worth it. Like it's still worth it. I can love the results and still not love the process. I may have to go through the process saying, I'm going to do this even though I can't stand it, even though I hate it, even though it's not fun, even though I don't even believe her when I say that I, when she says I'm going to love the results, but I'm going to go through the process anyway to get to the point where you get to live with it for a while and start to actually have a love for the result. It does not mean you're going to be excited to keep going, but it's going to give you more and more energy to get started and keep going. Okay. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online. That makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up 
for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Spring is arriving and with the change of season, it may be time to upgrade your wardrobe because our closets are a defined space, a container. It's nice to give priority space to high quality items that you love. Quince makes high quality possible. They carry high-end products at great prices. Things like organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. My son got so much use out of the down puffer vest I ordered for him this winter. So now I'll be looking at Quince for sundresses for myself for summer. Quince partners directly with top factories, which cuts out the cost of the middleman. That means more savings for us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash clean for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash clean to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash clean. The main reason that I think it's really important to talk about this is that it can feel like the 50th time that I have again looked around my house and gone, oh my goodness, what happened? Wait, what? And I have to pick up a trash bag and start throwing away trash and all this. It can feel like you've failed if you don't have any of those lovey, excited feelings about tackling this again. Okay. It can feel like it's a failure if you still need to do five minute pickups because you still haven't turned into that person who puts everything in the exact perfect place immediately, right? A lot of the people who love organizing and decluttering are tend to be, okay, this is not always, but tend to be the people who more naturally put something away immediately where it's supposed to go. I think part of this is that whole, we see the spaces, we see the world, we see life differently. And so I know I have friends who can't set something down on a flat surface because it then mars the aesthetics that their brain is always aware of and generally loves. Okay. They get joy from the aesthetic of that, of this, you know, I don't even notice it. You know, I mean, anyway, it's just, it's one of those differences in how we see things. And so just because I cannot believe I am not at this point where I, you know, I set, I set up this display and I made it the way, just the way I wanted to, for it to be, but I must not be able to do this because I clearly don't actually love it enough to not randomly set down a yoga block on that table. You know, I I mean like that mindset of, Oh no, 
well, I guess I can't do this. No, no, no. Remember, what do we do for those of us like me who don't have an awareness of when things are leaving our hand, who don't just always put everything back in its perfect place? And to, we do a five minute pickup. That is the alternative. And an alternative is not a bad thing. It's just a different way to keep my house from becoming a big out of control mess. It is a different way for me to keep things under control and keep things managed. You know, for someone to say that answer is to never set something down in a place that isn't its final home. That's, that's kind of a, a hope slasher for people like me, right? When we have the like, okay, well then I guess there's no hope for me. Then I guess there's no way for me to do this. No, no, no. Okay. We don't have to turn into that person. We don't have to turn into the person who's like, I love my house being perfect. And therefore I can't even imagine randomly dropping the paper that was stuffed inside those new shoes that I got, uh, on the coffee table. I can't even imagine doing that because I love the way things look. Well, that's a blessing and that is incredibly great for them. Making it my goal to love it so much that I don't do that anymore. Uh, There's like a whole bunch of things in there where that gets messed up and that's just not a realistic goal for me. So learning to love it is not my goal. I have not failed if I don't love it. I just fail if I don't keep going. A lot of the times, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, one of the things that I've realized, and, and I don't know that I knew this was really, I don't know that this was the goal in the beginning. Okay. I probably did have the idea that my house was going to look like a magazine at some point, but over the years I've realized, oh, I actually don't care if my house looks like a magazine. I mean, I enjoy a, a well-decorated space. Don't get me wrong, but that's not the thing that gets me excited. Okay. Again, that's not the thing I love, right? The thing that I love is my house not holding me back. And I have a greater appreciation for that because of all the years when my house has held me back. All those years where I could not, you know, be the one to volunteer for any type of whatever, because well, I'd have to, you know, block off two weeks of nothing else going on for me to get my house under control, which really just meant shove everything in the master bedroom and lock the door, right? So that difference there, like that that's that's the key, okay, is understanding my goal is function. My thing that I do love is my life not being held back by my house. But I had to go through the non-emotional, no mess decluttering process, which I developed as I went through my stuff, right? I developed this process and it's non-emotional because, you know, I, I don't have to feel all these things. I just go through the steps of the process are outside of me and they're outside of emotions. They don't rely on emotions. And so I don't have to muster up feelings to be able to do this. I don't, I can get started and not dread all the emotional things I'm going to go through and experience and all that. Okay. Because that was another thing that would hold me back from decluttering, right? Was I was like, I don't have it in me right now to feel all those feelings. 
that sounds like a lot of emotional draining and I'm just not up for it right now. I'm, I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't feel all those feelings. I can't emote like that. It's not going to happen. And so I would put it off. Okay. But knowing that there are steps to go through, I don't have to make a bunch of decisions. I don't have to feel a lot of feelings that lets me get started. As I do that, I appreciate the space. I may not love yet. You know, I know I hear from a lot of people who are like, it can take some adjustment to a space not being full of clutter. It can take some adjustment to a space being clear. For me, the thing I focus on is, okay, what was it I wanted to do in this space and how much easier is it for me to do those things now that this space is decluttered? Okay. Where if you're looking at the space and you're like, I feel all kinds of weirdness inside when I look at this space that used to have a bunch of stuff in it and now it's just empty. I have learned to love empty space, but I think it's because I focused on the function as opposed to saying like the empty space, like the empty space. No, I, I go, you know what I like? I like not bumping into things. I like not tripping over things. I like not having to shove things to the side to get through that room. Okay. So you can love the results and still not love the process. Even in those moments where you think I'm just, I I don't feel the feelings about the focus on the function. Focus on how is your life easier? How are you freed up to do the things that you want to do instead of decluttering? Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. I think, too, a lot of it comes, a lot of this idea that my goal should be to love it goes back to my assumption that people whose homes are under control know something I don't know. And that is true in a lot of ways, right? Like there were things I did not understand, but there's not really secrets. You know, my daughter and I were talking recently and, and she said something. I was like, you know, I said my job in life and my actual job job is to state the obvious. Like I am not coming up with all new ways to do things. I'm just putting words to some of the things that some people were like, I thought everybody knew that. Or a lot of people maybe thought, I thought everybody knew that, you know, putting it into a step that we need to deal with the trash, putting it into a step that we need to deal with the easy stuff, as opposed to some people are like, well, that's just stuff that everybody should know. Well, we don't all know. Okay. But who felt overwhelmed in my house? It was like, what am I missing? What do they know that I don't know? Okay. Once I know that thing, then I'll be as excited as they are about decluttering. No, no. I know now what it takes and it still doesn't get me as excited. Why? Because we have different personalities. We see the world differently. We see our stuff differently. 
it's just reality. Okay. We're all not going to feel the, the, the difference wasn't that they felt differently. It was about how they did things. They did things differently. Okay. We also, another thing too, is that a lot of times I think I would look at the way other people did things and I would think, okay, well, they've figured out the trick that makes this so easy. And since they've figured out that trick, once I can figure out that trick, or maybe somebody will finally tell me the trick, once I can figure out that trick, once I can figure out that trick, then it's going to be so easy. I'm not even going to realize I'm doing it. That's one of the things with that. I always say with dishes, you know, like I just assumed that once I understood it, once it was a habit, I would be like, Oh, I did the dishes. (laughs) I didn't realize I did the dishes. My kid, look at my kitchen. It's just clean. Okay. No. And that was something that was kind of hard for me to accept there in the beginning was the people whose kitchens were clean their kitchens were clean because they cleaned them. Even if they didn't love cleaning the kitchen, their kitchen wasn't clean because they loved cleaning the kitchen. Their kitchen was clean because they cleaned the kitchen. Right. And so it wasn't like not hard for them or not work for them. For a lot of them, they don't have to go through the mental gymnastics of me going, Dana, you know, these things. I know that if I will do the dishes, then I will actually be able to keep this under control and I'll be able to do this. Again, it's looking at the starting place where you are and the ending place where they are and loving the whole before and after idea of it, but not acknowledging the pain that is in the space in between. I think the most discouraging thing about realizing, oh, I still don't love this. Oh, I'm never going to just love this is that I get the impression when somebody says, oh, I love decluttering that they love to see a mess because that's an opportunity to declutter. I don't know that that's really the case, but when I see a mess, what happens? Well, I feel overwhelmed, right? And then I have to start with the trash. And then I'm irritated that I start with the trash because that's every piece of trash that I pick up is like, why did I not throw this away the first time? Why is this laying here? You know, blah, blah, blah. So it's, there's not a lot of love feelings there, but I think that it's important for me to acknowledge that my reaction and their reaction are different, but also my starting place and their starting place are very likely different. If they are the person who does love throwing things away, they may not have actually dealt with a mess that has been building for 12 years you know, that may not be a situation that, that they can actually relate to, which is the whole thing of, you know, I used to say, or I I always say that I would read and look at organizing advice and I would think, but your before picture is my dream after picture. I was like, I, I think I felt like they couldn't imagine my starting point. So we're not necessarily even talking about the exact same thing. The thing that makes them excited to declutter, they say, oh yeah, my closet is a mess and I'm excited to declutter. Well, if they're excited to declutter and they enjoy decluttering all the time, they've probably decluttered it in the last year, two years, whatever, where it's possible that you're dealing with a mess that has been there 40 years and has built and has built and has built. And now it's overwhelming to you. You might not be talking about the same thing. Okay. So 
knowing that it's not important for me to have the gumption, to have the love, to have the excitement to be able to start this. It's just important for me to know the process. That is helpful for me. And also to remember that you can love the confidence that this is going to work. Okay. I hear a lot of, from a lot of people who have very emotional reactions to finding out that there is a process that you can go through and not create a bigger mess and tackle any amount of overwhelming clutter, whatever, and that it's always going to work. You can love that confidence and not love the actual process. Okay. And I am going to tell you that, you know, one of the most frustrating things for people like me is we tackle a space and then it gets re-cluttered at some point. And the initial reaction is absolute frustration and dread and overwhelm. Like, I can't believe this space is back to where it was before. Okay. If you will go through the process, if you will start with the trash and then the easy stuff and the dead donations and the two decluttering questions and go through that again, usually you're going to be done in just trash and easy stuff. That's basically what will get that space back under control where if before you maybe spent hours on it because it was 40 years worth, but now it's been six months and you go back to that space, it's not going to be what it was before. But your initial reaction when you see the space being recluttered is, oh, it's back to exactly what it was before, but it's not. Okay. One of the things that I do love is experiencing that joy of re-decluttering, how much easier it is, but I'm actually done after just doing trash and easy stuff. (sighs) Okay. You know, that is something that you can love and you can enjoy, but it may never be the case that you see it and go, oh good, this time I get to tackle it again and I'm going to love this experience. No, just start with the process. And then as you go through it, you love the results of that. Okay. I hope that was helpful. I know this is a little shorter than sometimes, but, um, I'm working on a big project, which I'm sure I'll talk about in the next, I don't know, six to eight months, maybe. (laughs) Um, it's a writing project. Yes. So I am going to stop there and I will talk to y'all next week. All right. Bye.